Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Is anybody blessed this morning? Amen. Well, we welcome everybody to the house of the Lord. Let's welcome those watching online. Come on, make some noise. We uh, broadcast our services online on YouTube on Sundays at 1015 as well as Thursdays. So for whatever reason you cannot make it, you could always tune in. Someone say amen to that. Before we get into the word this morning, I, I do want us to pray for uh, all the veterans uh, that are around the world. Uh, how many recognize that we're blessed to live in the United States of America? I was thinking about this uh, a couple days ago, and I've come to the conclusion that you can't really, really, really appreciate the freedom and the security that we have in the United States until you walk the streets of another nation. Can't really, 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 really appreciate it. I've, I've walked in Vietnam, I've walked in Africa, I've walked in Egypt, I've walked in Guatemala, I've walked in the Philippines, and uh, God bless all those nations. But I want you to know, there is a tangible kind of peace and freedom and security walking on the streets of the United States that you don't have nowhere else. You don't have nowhere else. And so we want to pray. Let's just take a moment and bow our heads and pray for all our veterans. <clears throat> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for every man and woman who have made a decision to just give their lives, give their time, give their family to uh, protecting our nation, Lord God, and protecting the freedoms that we have. And Lord, we're grateful, we're thankful, we pray a blessing over every veteran and over, over every person that is in the armed forces of the United States of America, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Help them, Lord. Encourage them, O oh Lord God. Meet every need. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone says... Amen, amen. This morning, uh, I'm going to be teaching from the subject of the power of relationships. The power of relationships. Someone say that with me. The power of relationships. Now, at Chapel of Change, our aim is to develop a kingdom disciple. Someone say kingdom disciple. If you're here long enough, uh, you will be inspired, you will be challenged, and you will be taught to live in to this kingdom disciple. Whether you're a male or you are a female, we are called to be kingdom disciples. Now, what is a kingdom disciple? A kingdom disciples are fully committed followers of King Jesus who demonstrate their faith Upward, inward, and outward. That's our definition of a kingdom disciple. It is a fully uh, committed follower of King Jesus. Someone say King Jesus. 
How many know that we have a king? That Jesus is not just our savior, but he is our king. And when we come to Jesus, we are to fully submit our lives to Jesus. That he doesn't want 10% of you. He doesn't want 25% of you. He wants everything. Someone shout amen to that. So this kingdom disciple is someone who demonstrates their faith upward. Someone say upward. That, that includes, this involves our connection to God. Everything that relates to our connection to God. Our prayer life, fasting, our devotion life. And then it's our uh, connection to one another, which is this inward aspect. It's our connection to people. Now that involves uh, relational skills. How to navigate through life and have healthy uh, relationships. We have that upward uh, element, that inward element, and then we have this outward element which deals with our connection to mission, kingdom mission. Every born-again believer is an ambassador for Jesus Christ, and we got to learn how to represent the kingdom well in all spaces in this world. Someone shout amen. amen. So everybody should be on mission because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Now, when it comes to relationship, this, this involves this inward aspect, this connection to people. It deals with relational skills. It deals with the ability to have uh, healthy relationships. And so today, I want us to think about uh, this subject of power of relationships. And I want to teach us some uh, relationship principles to help Activate your destiny. That's what we're going to learn today. Some relationship principles to help activate your destiny. Now, if you learn what I'm about to teach you this morning, if you capture and apply it to your life, you will reap from this harvest for years to come. If you learn what I'm going to teach you this morning. So when you think of a relationship, what is a relationship? A relationship is a positive or negative connection with people. Write that down in your notes. It's a positive or negative connection with people. Now, to be fruitful, we must understand the power of relationships. To, to be successful, we must understand the power of relationships. To advance in your destiny, you must understand the laws of relationship. In fact, I would suggest to you this morning that everything, someone say everything, uh, everything increases and multiplies and enhances through relationships. Everything, someone say everything, uh, increases, multiplies, and enhances through relationship. What is a relationship? It is a positive or negative connection with people. Now, we're going to be learning some principles today of, of, of relationship, the power of relationship. And the first thing that I would want us to consider is that our most important relationship is with our Lord Jesus Christ. Would anybody agree with that this morning? That our most important relationship in this world is with our Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now, our, our salvation is based on our relationship with King Jesus. Our salvation is based on our relationship with King Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received Jesus, to them he gave the right 
to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So notice that our, 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 our salvation is based on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But as many as receive Jesus, there's the relationship. Uh, to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So salvation comes through our association with Jesus. Now let me dig a little deeper into that principle. Heaven or hell is opened based on our association with Jesus. Someone say amen to that. In fact, it is an absence of a relationships that take men to hell. It is an absence of relationship, i.e. with Jesus, that takes men to hell. It is the presence of a relationship that takes men to heaven. It's a presence of a relationship, i.e. with Jesus, that takes men to heaven. By the way, if you're exploring Chapel of Change, you want to know a little bit about us. We still believe the Bible that there's a heaven to be gained and a hell to be shunned. See, it's a relationship that determines our eternal destiny. It's a relationship that determines our eternal destiny. And Jesus gave this narrow road to heaven. He gave this narrow road to heaven. In John chapter 10, verse 9, he says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Notice that he says, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely. Circle that word in your Bible. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Now, what does Jesus mean by saying he is the gate? Well, a gate is a place of access. A gate is a place of access. And Jesus gives us access to heaven. He gives us access to the kingdom of God. He gives us access to salvation. He gives us access to freedom. Someone shout freedom. I like that phrase in the scripture. It says, and we will come and go freely. That is a picture of freedom that salvation in Jesus provides. That, that you don't have to be shackled to fear anymore. You don't have to be shackled to anxiety anymore. You don't, you don't have to be shackled to failure anymore. You don't have to be shackled to depression uh, anymore. Jesus brings ultimate freedom. Jesus brings ultimate freedom. I love Psalms uh, chapter 18, verse 19. It says, he brought me out into a spacious place. That's a picture of what salvation does. It doesn't just take you out of hell and, and bring you into heaven. But there's so much that is involved in the salvation of Jesus Christ that he brings you out into a spacious place. And now I'm free to love now. I'm free to give now. I'm free to forgive now. I'm free. We're free, those that are in Christ Jesus. We're free to love now. I did, before Jesus, I didn't have the capacity to love the way I should love. Before Jesus, I didn't have the capacity to be patient the way that I'm supposed to be patient. But now, I'm free to be patient. I'm free to endure. I'm free to live now. 
Christianity is not about a bunch of rules to hold us down. Christianity is about God freeing us up to live the way that we should live. Someone shout amen to that. So our, our salvation is based on our relationship with King Jesus, but I would also uh, remind us that our significance in life is based on our relationship with King Jesus. Our significance in life. That, that God doesn't just want to save you from hell and take you to heaven and that's it. No. God, while you're here in this earth, wants to make your life significant for his glory and his honor. While you're still here, God wants to stamp your life with his glory so he could get some praise out of the rest of your days. I love Acts chapter 4. It describes what Jesus does to the apostles' lives as they spend some time with him. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it says, And when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, and ordinary men. That means they didn't have their GED. They didn't have their uh, high school diploma. They didn't meet the, meet the standard of the educational system of their day. It says they, when, when they realized they were unschooled and ordinary men, look at the response. They were astonished. They were shocked. They were amazed. And they took note that these men had been, get this, with Jesus. Underline that in your Bible. With Jesus. With Jesus. They, they were amazed at what Jesus did uh, in their life. They were amazed at the power of God in these ordinary men's life. They were amazed that their life was becoming significant and their life was becoming meaningful. They looked at their life as a trophy for the kingdom of God. And I, I shared the other month with the Kingsman Discipleship on Saturday. I, I, I uh, reminded them, do you remember what Peter and James were doing when Jesus called them? Do you remember what Peter and James were doing when Jesus called them? They were fishing. Anybody remember that? They were fishing. And do you, did you ever think about why they were fishing when Jesus called them. Well, let me teach you something. In that day and culture, it was every parent's dream that their young male child become a rabbi. And the moment that they are born, they put the male child through a rigorous training process, a rigorous schooling process in hopes that they would become a rabbi. And one day when they're about a teenager, a rabbi will come and they would evaluate the child and they would see if that individual had the capacity, the smarts. Uh, the intelligence to become a rabbi and if the rabbi thought that they could not become a rabbi they would tell that young child go home and work your father's trade go home and work your father's trade and pray that your child become a rabbi what was peter and james 
doing when Jesus found them. They were working the trade of their father. Why? Because someone overlooked them. Someone rejected them. Someone said to them that you don't belong, that you don't have the capacity. But thanks be to God that when the Lord Jesus came into this world, he found the outcast. He found the rejected. And he looked into their lives and said, I see something inside of you. Come follow me. Follow me. Now I know why they left everything. You ever wonder why they left everything? They left their family. They left their business. Because a rabbi finally came and said they mean something. And it wasn't just an ordinary rabbi. It was the Lord of Lords and Kings of Kings. Hello, somebody. So here in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, they look at their life and they're shocked. They're shocked. Because they become a trophy of God's glory. So what changed them? How did they become powerful? How did they become significant? The secret to their greatness was their association. The secret to their greatness was their association. They changed their association. They had been with Jesus. That was the secret to their greatness. They changed their association. They had been with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice that scripture. Follow me. Stay close to me and I will make you follow, uh, fishers of men. So notice that our making in life is largely dependent upon who we follow. Our making in life is largely dependent upon who we follow. He says, follow me, stay close to me, and I will make you a fisher of men. And I would suggest today that as we follow Jesus, he will not just make us fishers of men, but he'll make you an exceptional father. He'll make you an exceptional mother. He'll make you an exceptional businessman. He'll make you an exceptional leader. He'll make you an exceptional teacher or an exceptional nurse. Whatever you're calling in life, if you follow Jesus, he'll make you an exceptional human being. As you follow Jesus, he makes you. He makes you. That's, that's the power of of relationship that our most important uh, relationship is with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we preach Jesus at Chapel of Change. That's why we teach Jesus at Chapel of Change. That's why every time you come here, you're going to be reminded about the glory, the power, and the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone shout amen. I want to introduce you by picture to Brother Anthony, Brother Anthony in our Kingsman uh, Discipleship Home. I got to spend a little bit of time with the Kingsmen this, this uh, week, in particular with Brother Anthony, and he, he shares part of his testimony was that his uh, mother abandoned him when he was a little child. Uh, he shares that when he was a little child, him and his brother were left on the curb and his and his mom drove away and never came back. And so he shares how through his 
you know, growing up and through his teenage years and even through his young adult life that he has wrestled with rejection and wrestled uh, with the spirit of abandonment. But he's been at our Kingsman Discipleship Home, I don't know, maybe a month or so. And now uh, things are changing in his life. He's encountering the love of God. He's encountering the power of God. He's encountering the grace of God. And it's coming through a new relationship with Jesus, a new relationship with men and women of God. Someone shout, praise Jesus. It's all about relationship. The power of God flows through relationship. Our most important relationship was with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we walk with him, we begin to blossom. As we, as we walk with him, we begin to grow and we begin to break off those things that are hindering us. And I also got to share with the, with the men in the Kingsman home. Uh, we got bunks. In the Kingsman home, we have about maybe 18 men or so in the home today. And I shared with them that my journey with the Lord 30 years ago started off underneath the bunk. Underneath the bunk. When I walked into the living room and I saw the bunks, it reminded me of where I started off with. And I remember I was 17 years old and I got kicked out of Juvenile Hall, uh, uh, East Lake Juvenile Hall, and they sent me to the Los Angeles County Jail, and they put me in a room with 16 people in it with bunk beds in it, and all the bunk beds were taken up, so guess where they told me where I had to sleep? They said, Brian, you got to sleep underneath the bunk. I slept underneath, I slept on the floor, underneath the bunk. That's where my journey with the Lord Jesus began, underneath the bunk. But as I begin to walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, he began to transform my life. And now I sleep in a California king. Hello, somebody. We all got to start off somewhere. But if you remain walking with Jesus... He will transform your life into a trophy for the kingdom of God. Someone shout amen to that. Secondly, I would teach us this morning that you are formed by your relationships. You are formed by your relationships. In Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. Notice the connection there. He who walks with wise men, there's the connection, there's the relationship, will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. You are formed by your relationships. Your relationships form you. Your relationships affect your attitude. Your relationships affect your perspective on life. Your relationships affect your behavior. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't be misled. Don't be misled because there's a spirit of deception that can transfer from one individual to the next individual, from one bad individual and make you a bad individual by listening to the wrong voices. 
So he says, don't be misled. You don't know how many people in the course of 11 years that have come to the house of God and that have experiencing the power of God, the restoration power of God, and they're, they're being filled with the Spirit of God. But next thing you know, they start listening to the wrong voice. They start hanging around the wrong person. And next thing you know, they're not coming to church no more. They're not coming to Bible study no more. And they're being misled. And it begins to corrupt every good thing that God began to start in their life. You are formed by your relationships. So choose your friends wisely. Choose your mentors wisely. Choose who you follow wisely. And, and I, for this generation, I would say this. Choose what online preacher you listen to wisely. That's for this generation right now. You know what I'm, I'm learning in the last couple of years, there's been an advent of online preachers, and a lot of them are not pastors of churches. A lot of them don't have physical people that follow them, so they could have an attitude all they want. They could be mad at the world all they want, and I'm noticing that a lot of them are angry at certain things, and it's causing a lot of people that are listening to them to be angry. So choose who you listen to wisely because your relationships form you. They say that the longer you are married, the more you begin to look like your spouse. Anybody ever heard that? They said the longer you're married, the more you begin to look like your spouse. So I did some research and I found out why, why, why do they say that? Well, one of the theories is that the longer you stay together, the more you begin to mimic your facial expressions. The longer you stay together, they say, the more you begin to mimic your facial expressions. You, you, you are formed by your relationships. I even been in a room, I heard it said, to, uh, said uh, that, uh, I remember this one teacher said, husbands, after five years of marriage, you cannot complain how your wife is. Why is that? Because you made her that way. After five years, you're responsible for how she is, whether you realize it or not. What you did or what you did not do formed her. Why? Because relationships form you. So choose your friends wisely. Choose your mentors wisely. Please, please choose your spouses wisely. Help me out, somebody. Choose your spouses wisely. Don't you know one, one bad decision can mess up your next 20 years? One bad decision can mess up your next 20 years. Come on, choose your spouse wisely and save us the headache. Let me move forward before I get in trouble. Thirdly, relationships don't maintain themselves. Relationships don't maintain themselves. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says, make every effort, someone say ever, effort, make every effort to keep yourselves, notice that key word, yourselves united in the spirit 
binding yourselves, that's a key word, together with peace. In other words, God is going to help you, but he's not going to do it for you. If God blesses you with a meaning relation, meaningful relationship, you, you got to put in the work to maintain that relationship because ma relationships don't maintain themselves. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. You must be committed to maintain relationships. Your relationship with the Lord Jesus, your, your relationship with your spouse. In fact, you don't get married, you build a marriage. You don't get married, you got to build a marriage. You got you to gotta invest in that marriage. Your, your relationship with your mentors, your relationship with your church. Hello, somebody. You got to maintain your relationship with your church. I don't know how many people in the last 11 years who have expressed, uh, you know, kind of dissatisfaction and say, well, uh, I, I didn't get what, what, I, what I thought I was going to need from the church. And when you go to look what, where they've been at, they, they don't ever show up. You don't know who they are. You got to maintain your relationships. Relationships don't maintain themselves. Someone shout amen. Jesus is committed to you. Jesus is the most person committed to you, but you must be committed to Jesus. You must be committed to Jesus. Every time you pray, you're investing in that relationship. Every time you read your Bible in the morning, you're investing in your relationship with Jesus. Every time you do a devotional in the morning, you're investing in your relationship with Jesus. Every time you come to church, you're investing in your relationship with Jesus. Every time you come to the Women's Abide Discipleship or Kingdom uh, Kingsman Discipleship, you're investing in your relationship with Jesus. If you find a good friend or a good mentor, there, there are relationship laws that you must apply to maintain that relationship. If you ever find a good friend, if you ever find a good mentor, there are relationship laws you must apply to maintain that relationship. And we'll talk about the laws of relationship later, but let me just uh, uh, call your attention to two things. There, there are two major things you need to learn. If you ever find a good friend, if you ever find a good mentor, two major things you need to learn are to forgive and forbear. Forgive and forbear. You know the difference between forgiving and forbearance? Forgiveness is to pardon a fault. Forbearance is to make accommodation for that fault because it will happen again. The difference between forgiving and forbearance. Forgiveness is pardoning the fault. Forbearance is creating an accommodation for that fault because it will happen again. Listen, all men are men. Some of y'all get that later. All men are men. Even the best of men are men. The person you like the most today will annoy you tomorrow. The person that gives you joy today will get on your nerves tomorrow. Just ask anybody who's been married for any length of time. I, I, I say, too, in some of our leadership circles, I, I, I say, uh, almost jokingly, but they, they, they get serious. I say, listen, if you, if you hang around me long enough, eventually I will get on your nerves. Just telling you right now, just lowering the expectations. There's a reason why. 
There's a reason why Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, put so many one another scriptures in the Bible. There's a reason why. You go to the New Testament, there's over uh, 50 one another scriptures in the Bible that gives us relationship laws, that give us directions on how to maintain a healthy relationship. Serve one another. Be humble toward one another. Comfort one another. Be at peace with one another. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. So many one another. There's a reason why. You know why? Because there's so many Christians that know how to pray but don't know how to get along with people. So many Christians that can read a Bible but can't forgive nobody. I've met them. I've met them. I've met them. There's so many Christians that are spiritually astute but relationally inept. Don't know how to work a job. Don't know how to take correction. Don't know how to take rebuke. Don't know how to submit. Don't know how to humble themselves. Think they have a spirit of entitlement everywhere they go. Those are a lack of relational skills, and it hinders you from advancing in your destiny. But you're, you're, you're in good hands today because we're going to teach you how to get along. We're going to teach you how to love your brother. We're going to teach you how to love your Christian sister. We're going to teach you how to love your boss. Hello, somebody. If you can't say amen, say ouch. When Satan goes to destroy you, one of the first things that he does is isolate you. When Satan goes to destroy you, I'm telling you right now, one of the first things that he seeks to do is isolate you. Get the people who care about you and love you away from you. Because if he can get you by yourself, he compound on your brain, he compound on your mind, he compound on your life, and won't be nobody there to pick you up, nobody there to speak life into you, no one there to give you directions. If you ever find a good friend, if you ever find a good mentor, you better maintain that relationship with all you got. Someone shout amen. The last principle that I would bring before us today is that destiny fulfillment comes through relationships. Destiny fulfillment comes through relationships. When I say destiny, I mean God's plan for your individual life. Everybody here, God has a plan for your life, whether it's to be a successful business person, whether it's to be a teacher, a nurse, whatever it may be, God has a plan for your life. And as you seek, as you seek to fulfill that plan, understand this, my brothers and sisters, that destiny fulfillment comes through relationships. Fulfilling destiny is impossible without relationships, associations, and connections. In fact, when God goes to bless men, he doesn't just bless you from heaven. Typically, God blesses through man to man. Typically, God blesses through man to man. When God wants to give you $100, he ain't going to rain $100 out of heaven literally. Hello, somebody. We sing about that. Praise God. We believe it. Amen. But typically, he blesses through man to man. This is one of the reasons why the enemy don't want you to learn any relational skills because he don't want you blessed. He's intimidated by the stronger version of you coming out. So he tries to get you to be a spiritual lone ranger so nobody could speak into your life. 
You get around the right people, they will call destiny out of your life. You get around the right people, they will challenge you to be who God has called you to be. You get around the right people, you won't be able to sit down for too long because the anointing on them will jump on you and you'll start to feel something inside of you and you'll start to believe God has saved me for a greater purpose. The easiest way to succeed is through relationships. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. That's why the enemy wants to keep some of us isolated because he's intimidated. If you ever figure out what God uh, saved you for, you'll be a threat to the kingdom of God. So I want, you to, I, want to, I want to encourage you, and we'll talk more about this later, but I want, to, I want to encourage you to be on the lookout for destiny helpers in your life. Be on the lookout for divine connectors in your life. Be on the lookout for burden bearers in your life. Be on the lookout. Ask God to open your spiritual eyes. Look for destiny helpers. Look for divine connectors. Look for burden bearers in your life. Don't run from the burden bearers because they're sent to lift, pick up the cross that is in your life. Even Jesus needed somebody to pick up the cross in their life. And it wasn't an apostle. It wasn't a prophet. It was a man that stepped out of nowhere and began to lift up the cross as a burden bearer. This church is a form of a destiny helper for many people. This church is a form of a divine connector for many people. This church is a form of a burden bearer. Don't you run from church when you go through hell and high water. Don't you run from the people of God when you go through a trial. Because this church is designed to be a burden bearer. To help you lift up the cross that is in your life. This church is a form of a destiny helper. Divine connector. I've seen it. I've seen people come to the house of God broke, busted, and disgusted. I've seen people come to the house of God with no honor, no integrity. Nobody listening to them. Everybody shutting windows, shutting doors. Nobody answering their phone. And they come to the house of the Lord and they press into the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden the anointing that is on the house of God begin to transform their life. Begin to restore their honor. Restore their integrity. Restore their voice. And now all of a sudden people are listening to them. And now all of a sudden people are following them. Them. I've seen it in the house of God. Destiny helpers, divine connectors, burden bearers. They're, they're all throughout the Bible. Barnabas in the New Testament was a destiny helper. Let me show you this as I wind down our study this morning. Let me show you this in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. Saul, who later became Paul, was persecuting the church. He was actually in charge of killing the church. And he got converted. He, he encountered the Lord Jesus. And Jesus humbled him. Jesus anointed him. Jesus called him to preach the gospel. So after Saul gets saved, look what happens in, in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. It says, when Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he had really was a disciple. So I want you to notice that Saul, he gets converted and he's excited. He's trying to fulfill his destiny. He's trying to advance in his calling. But there is a wall. 
There is a wall. There's something that is hindering him. There's something that is blocking him. I'm going to tell you what it is. His history was hindering him from advancing. They were looking at him, and they thought he was a spy. They thought he was fake. They thought he was going to come and kill everybody. His history was hindering him. He could not advance in his destiny. But I want to show you what God does in the next verse, 27. But Barnabas, someone, someone say Barnabas. Thank God for Barnabases in the world. Those are destiny helpers right there. Those are divine connectors right there. Barnabas. Look what happens. Paul is stuck. He can't advance. His education cannot advance him. Paul was the sharpest Jewish person of that day. He learned from the feet of a man by the name of Gamaliel. Paul had the first five books of the Bible memorized, but his education couldn't get him to the next level of his destiny. What does God do? God sends him a relationship. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. Look at this divine helper. Look at, at this divine connector. He's co-signing for Paul. He's saying he's had an encounter with Jesus. He's saying he's the real deal. And look at the result of this new relationship. And uh, in verse 28, listen to what it says. So Saul stayed with them and moved about, I love this, this word that the gospel brings, freely. Someone, someone say freely. Look at the result. Look at the result. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Look at what Barnabas does for Saul. Look at what God does through this new relationship. It opens up a new level in Paul's life. It opens up a new destiny, a new aspect of his destiny. Listen, you are one relationship away from a new level in your life. You are one relationship away from a door opening up for God moving in your life. You better have your eyes open. You better have your eyes open because I'm praying that God sends a destiny helper in your life. And I would even go as far as to say the, the men in the Kingsman home, they're already there. Pastor Zach and Daniel and Lanakai and the men that come in to go in there are the leaders. Those are destiny helpers for you. Those are divine connected. So they already there. You just got to pray to open up your mind, open up your heart. You're one relationship away from the next level of your life. One relationship away. You find a destiny helper. You find a divine connector. You better cherish that. You better cherish that. You better honor that. You better sacrifice that. You better maintain that relationship. And sometimes they don't come in the form that we expect them to be. Sometimes they don't come in the form. I've learned that God doesn't always meet your expectations of what you think things should be. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we got to pray for discernment. We got to pray, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We got to pray, Lord, open the eyes of my heart so I can see and I can protect what you're trying to do in my life. Listen, the reason why I'm standing before you today is because of relationships. 
The reason why I'm standing before you today is because of relationships. The reason why you can hear what God has for you and receive what God has for you is because I've had destiny helpers, divine connectors in my life. In every transition of my life, God has sent a destiny helper or a divine connector into my life to open up a door to empower me or platform me for the next level of my life. Every transition of my life. One going way back to when I was 18 years old is uh, Dr. Leonard Wilson Banks. I'm going to show you his picture. I cannot forget I was 18 years old and I had just started my life sentence. I had no future. I had no integrity. I had no honor. But this man received me like Barnabas received me and he walked with me for three years and he transferred his honor onto me. He transferred his favor onto me. He transferred his integrity onto me. A destiny helper. That's a divine connector. You ever find one of them? You better cherish it. You better maintain it. You better do whatever you got to do to feed that relationship. I'm reminded of uh, Dr. George McDonald. In 2006, I was the first inmate in prison, in my prison, to be ordained in the chapel. And I was about 20, I don't know, seven years old at that time and I was ordained originally I was ordained by the National Baptist Convention and the National Baptist Convention is the oldest and largest African-American religious conference in the world the oldest and the largest how am I getting ordained by the largest and oldest African-American religious conference in the world. How does that happen? I'm going to tell you how it happens. God sends a destiny connector into my life and transfers his integrity into my life, transfers his favor into my life, opens a door for me, and, 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 it, and it gives me favor. May the Lord bless their memory. Laying hands. So my prayer, my prayer for us as we prepare for 2024, here's my prayer. I have three parts to this prayer. One, I pray that you become a destiny helper. Before you try to get one, I pray that you become one. Two, I pray that God opens your eyes to see the people he's sending into your life that are meant to bear your burdens, connect you to the next season of your life. Open up your eyes. And then thirdly, I pray, God, send them. Send them into your life. Send the divine connectors into your life. Send the burden bearers into your life. Send the divine helpers into your life. 
Let's, let's bow our heads right now in a moment of prayer. And I want us to be praying that just right now. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. First, let's pray. Lord, make me a, de a destiny helper. Make me a destiny helper. And then I want us to pray. Lord, open up my eyes to see the destiny helpers. Open up my eyes to see the destiny helpers. And then I, I want us to pray. Lord, send them into my life. Lord, send them my way, Father. Send them my way. So everybody, let's bow our heads. Let's bow our hearts and I want us to just pray for a couple moments. Let's pray in the mighty name of Jesus as the worship team comes up in Jesus' name. I want, I want some singers also to come up as well in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray, church. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, we ask that you make us, Lord. Make us, Father God. Make us a destiny helper, Lord God. Make us a, a burden bearer, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God. Lord, make us, Father Father God, a, a destiny helper, a divine connector, Lord God. Make us, oh Lord God. Come on, let's pray, church. Make us, oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father. Make us, oh Lord God, in Jesus' name. Make us, oh Lord God. Let's, let's pray. Open up our eyes, oh Lord God. Open up our eyes, oh Father God. Open up our eyes to see the people uh, that you're sending into our life, Father God. Open up our eyes to help us to, to, to cherish the people. Cherish the people that you're sending into our life. Help us, Lord God, to honor the people. Honor the people that you're sending into our life, oh Father God. Oh Father God, open our eyes, Lord God. Open our eyes, oh Lord. Open our eyes and let us see what you're doing, Lord God. Let's pray, church. Let's press into prayer just for a couple more moments. Open our eyes, Father God, in Jesus' name. Open our eyes, oh Lord God, and let's pray. Let's pray that God sends the destiny helpers our way. Let's pray that God sends the burden bearers our way. Father, Lord, do it, Lord God. Lord, do it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Lord, send us in 2024, destiny helpers, Lord God. Send us in November, destiny helpers, oh Lord God. Lord, I pray for everybody in the sanctuary. Send them a destiny helper, Lord God. Let this church be a destiny helper for them, Father God. Let this church be a divine connector for them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Let this church be a burden bearer for them, Lord. Father, send them into their life, Father God. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, I break off every negative relationship, Father, in Jesus' name. Every negative relationship, every negative emotional relationship, every negative spiritual relationship, we break it off right now. We break it off right now in Jesus' name. We break it off right now. Every negative relationship, we break it off right now, Father God, Lord. Every negative spiritual relationship, we break it off right now. We break it off right now in Jesus' name. Father, send destiny helpers into their November. Send, send burden bearers into their November, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord God, we worship you and praise you, Father God. We worship you, Lord God, and praise you. Let's seal this moment with worship. Let's seal this moment with worship. Let's stand to our feet for a couple more moments. Let's lift up our voice unto the Lord. You're the best thing I've ever, ever Make me more like Jesus, we say. Make me more like Jesus. Come on, let's open our voice unto the Lord. Let's seal this moment unto the Lord. Make me more. Pastor Raymond, come on up. 
Let's worship the Lord. Let's seal this moment. Make me more like Jesus. Make me more like you. Make me more like Jesus. 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 Father, we thank you. We give you the honor. We give you the glory here this morning, Father. We thank you, Lord, for equipping us, God, in the area of relationship, God. So I pray over this message. I will pray over the people that this word will take root, that, that you will create an environment to cultivate this word, Lord, so that we can become more and more like you. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. At this time, we're going to transition. You, can, you, you may be seated. At this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings portion of the service. And I have a scripture here in Romans 12, 12. It says, Repeat after me. Rejoice. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Brothers and sisters, uh, we have an opportunity through our tithes and offerings to be uh, divine uh, contributors to the kingdom of God and the work he's doing here at Chapel of Change in the lives of us men and women here today. So as we prepare our offering and our, in our hearts, I want to just let you know that we have four ways to give, which is on the screen. You can give many ways here at Chapel of Change. Also, we have a, a way to give by debit card. If you want to give by debit card in the back, after service, somebody will facilitate that for you. And also, we have scan to give if you want to give by phone. Many of us give online, so I want to thank everybody for every way they give. Uh, and, and I just thank you for just being obedient and worshiping the Lord through your tithes and offerings. Ultimately, it's for his honor and his glory. As we continue in this, this portion of the service, we have some announcements. And as the ushers come up, and they're already up here, uh, we have uh, this Thursday. Say this Thursday. This Thursday we are having our Thanksgiving uh, uh, gathering here on our midweek. So we're going to be converting the sanctuary into uh, tables and chairs. And we're going to be having a full-blown Thanksgiving dinner. Amen. Who's Who's hungry? Who's ready to kick off this Thanksgiving season? And uh, if you want to be a part of that, because we're looking for people to donate. Who? Who? Is there any cooks in the house? Anyone who loves a cook? But we're not talking about any cook we, with, with the heart, right? You know, because you can taste the love when you prepare the meal. So um, we have Sister Rosa right here. If you want to donate or bring a dish, 
Sea Sister Rosa, we're taking water, sodas, hams, turkeys, sides, whatever you want to do, uh, please see Rosa and just get, get your name down on the list and, and come out and bless one another that night as well. Also, we want to say this Friday, this Friday, this Friday we're having in conjunction with our young adults and our youth ministry, we're presenting the Friendsgiving uh, service this Friday. And it's also going to be a time of food fellowship raffles. We're going to have a guest speaker. So come on out and support that um, Friday. So, so secretly, or if you guys missed it, you're going to get eat for free two nights in a row. Amen. I don't know, maybe I'm just listening with my stomach, but we have an opportunity to eat twice in a row uh, for the glory of God, amen? So come out, be a part of that as well. Friday is our Friendsgiving. We're going to play a couple of videos, and I'm going to pray pray over the offering after and research. So let's, let's watch the videos that are being, being played this morning. Just a reminder, we are still taking our offering, our sacrificial seed towards our Kingsman Discipleship Home. Some of us made pledges, pledging a certain amount of money. We are still getting ready to purchase the home. Lives are being transformed. The power of God is hitting people. So stop by at the table on your way out and to sow your seed. Chapel of Change, this is Joshua here, and I serve as the Young Adult Director, Impact of our church, and it's good to see you guys. I just want to invite you guys. We have a very special event that's coming November 17th, Friday. We will be having our annual Friendsgiving here at Paramount Campus, and we'll be bringing Pastor Fred from Harvest Rock, Pasadena, and we will also have child care. Now, the doors will open at 6 p.m., and we will have food available, and then our service will start right at 7, and we're going to get ready for this Holy Ghost revival within the Young Adults. God has been moving within our ministry, and I encourage all of you to join us. We are also going to be fusing our youth with this event as well, so just everyone come, bring your children, and let's get ready to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the ability to give, Lord, and be divine contributors to your kingdom, God. So, God, may this offering be pleasing in your sight and bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Ushers, you are released. In my life 
name I got joy, I got joy, 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 joy overflow in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At this time, I'm going to call some of our leaders and pastors up on by the altar. If you want extended prayer, there'll be extended prayer available for you after the blessing. It is custom here at Chapel of Change to dismiss with the blessing. So if you could receive the blessing with the posture of your hands being held out, let us uh, receive the blessing. In the name of the Father who loved us with an endless love. In the name of the Son who died so that we can live. In the name of the Holy Spirit who continues to protect us and cover us, may we go with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.